I've always said to you, running through gratitude, it's more than waking up and being grateful. It's about, for me, it's about just being grateful that I was able to get through that time. But also now I didn't plan to tell my story. Hello there. Here we are again. Did you miss us? Season two of the Movement with Gratitude podcast is upon us. We're so excited after the huge success of season one. We are looking to embark on more conversations with some good human beings all centered around movement and gratitude. So sit back, relax, tell your friends, and remember, don't just run, run grateful. Looking forward to this one. It's been a long time coming. Uh, an amazing lady that we've uh, come into contact with through the world of Run Grateful and everything that exists under that umbrella. So uh, this morning I'll be chatting to the amazing Alice Light, who I'm going to introduce uh, in a second. But yeah, just to set the scene really, uh, we're here, and um, which is important because this episode uh, involves us both. So we both turned up on time, which is handy. <laughs> so we're, we're a long way towards uh, success. And yeah, this is a continuation of series two of the Move With Gratitude podcast that we do here at Run Grateful. Something that we love to do, just, you know, it's kind of turned out really that we we tend to chat to people we come across and that benefited from some of what we do. So it's lovely to kind of connect in this way and get to know others in this way and just kind of, yeah, go a bit deeper in our relationship really because, you know, a lot of what we get up to is, is virtual, um, mainly because we introduced ourselves during the pandemic, so that lent itself quite well. But as time as progresses and there's more in-person opportunities, etc., we can, you know, get to know people that are, yeah, in person as opposed to largely Instagram, yeah. which is not disastrous. It serves a purpose, but there's nothing quite like this, is there, Alice, no, as you well nothing, know. So nothing quite like it at all. Nothing quite like it. So um, I've just kind of introduced you to a certain degree, uh, only your name. Uh, but your best place, because I know that life's very different for you now when you've kind of been educating yourself to kind of go off in a new direction in life. So it's probably best if you just introduce yourself with the ABCs of kind of yeah who you are, what you get up to on a mostly daily basis. And, and then we'll get into it, Alice. Okay, so I'm, I'm Alice. I'm a friend of Mark's. I like to say that we're good friends. Um, I started running a few years ago. Um, uh, and that's how I found my tribe. I've been sharing my story online in the last few years, which has caught some traction, um, has helped a lot of women. I'm continuing that journey. But essentially, I'm not a Londoner. I was um, born and bred in Mid Wales, in the hills, without a neighbour in sight, um, a real country girl who climbed trees and made dens. <laughs> so um, my new love for trail running has... Um, is something that has really allowed me to explore the inner child in me um, and sort of go back to that time in my life um, that was extremely free. Um, yeah, but London's my home. Um, it saved me on a couple of occasions. Um, I am a mother of a 12-year-old, live in West London, um, and I quit my job last year to follow a dream to train um, as a health coach, an integrative health coach. I'm about to launch my business. It's terrifying to become an entrepreneur, especially at such a crazy time in the country <laughs> economically. Um, but I'm really trusting the process and um, the Run Grateful family have been a big part of me believing in that. So here we are today. 
Oh, amazing. <clears throat> Absolutely amazing. And yeah, you know, so, so much to kind of talk about, so much that we have already chatted about you know, over the time that we've we've met each other, uh, which is only for the first time in person uh, when we invited you to take part in our 24 hours uh, gratitude moves event uh, which was yeah which was unique and great and um and that was last september so and yeah. it was like yesterday but yeah, it was a nice moment in time just to kind of connect with you in some way and get to know you and hear some of your story and you know as you've uh, already mentioned um in uh, in what you just shared back there you've been sharing your story um predominantly mm-hmm. online for, for a little while now and it's, it's, it's gained some traction um with just people yeah, just relating to what you've been talking about and kind of uh, sharing gratitude with you about the vulnerability that you're showing and how you're choosing to show up for others, you know, for everyone really, you know, although you've got a, a strong passion for, for women and, uh, you know, lots of what that represents conversational-wise, you know, as a consequence of that, it means we can all show up and best serve each other no matter who we are, where we're from, what we're doing. And um, so, yeah, I just want to, as I have done uh, a couple of times, share my gratitude to you for for what you're doing in the world and and the courage you are showing. And you mentioned the word entrepreneur there, you know, mm-hmm. which uh, which has come up a couple of times. That's in the last couple of um, uh, episodes we've recorded, but we can get into that, I'm sure. So you mentioned about the great outdoors and how you grew up uh, with no mm-hmm. neighbours, um, mm-hmm. and you've kind of continued that into your love for trail running. Um, yeah. I met you as well through some of the Camino events and you did mm-hmm. your first ultra last year is that is that right is yeah that your first June one? was my last ultra I've now run one two three ultras and I'm training for my next one which is a hundred miler in June just as you there do you <laughs> yeah just as you do and yeah let, let's take it back a, a little bit um you know you, we've got a keen focus you know that's down the obvious on like uh, gratitude and, and movement as a whole and connecting the two and and everything that that represents and, and our relationship with, with running and, and the outdoors, et cetera. But um, I think, you know, there's, there's lots that I relate to you about. Uh, one of the things was just how much running has changed our lives in regards mm-hmm. to you, you positioned it as, as a tribe and finding your tribe. And I bet you did, as I didn't even know or could even kind of fathom the, the, the immense uh, uh, energy that we could kind of bring into our lives through just going out for our first run and knowing how mm. it could how it would change our lives forever, really. So take us back to to that first run, maybe, or if you can kind of remember when it started to be more consistent. What was your reason for running? Uh, yeah, what, what what kind of sparks that that thought of getting into it? Um, it's interesting, actually. It's an interesting question because I've just written the about me page for my website or first draft of and I've shared it with two people um neither of whom run it the woman that's doing my website but also my neighbor who doesn't run um um and she didn't know that she knew she knows about the trauma that's helped me the running that's helped me find peace with the trauma in my life but she didn't know that you know four years ago I was told by a medical professional that I would never run because my back was in such bits um and I and I and I've I've written about that because my work as a health coach, it's about telling your story and your journey through health and also through your mental health and your physical health. Um, so when I I've always wanted to run, I've always been interested in it, and I've tried it a few times in my early twenties and failed 
and I say failed because I think the culture of running might have changed over the years, but there was this, you know, go out and run hard and, you know, all the injuries came along with it. And I didn't enjoy it, but I always had this wanting to. It's a bit like driving. Everyone can drive. So why can you not drive? It's like, let's go running. Everyone can run. Um, or most people can. Um, so when lockdown happened, no, no. When the, just before lockdown that year, um, I was in a new job in the city. I think one of my colleagues had talked about Park Run. I hadn't even heard of it at the time. Um, and I, I just said, oh, I'm, I'm going to do couch to 10k. I was coming out of really poor health, um, not just for my back, but I had a really traumatic incident that meant that I lost a, a lot of blood in a very short amount of time. I was in hospital, um, and it, I, you know, I was, in, I was in such a critical stage that um, doctors were very worried. Um, and building back up to that sort of I've always had that mindset that I want to have a healthy body I don't want to rely on medication I don't want to rely on the medical profession to keep it going I, I have a very holistic approach I've been brought up with a very uh, approach around nutrition and well-being as much as we can um, I believe that a lot of the medicine that we need is within us um, so I started the couch 10k um literally uh, a few months before lockdown or a month before lockdown um and at the time then lockdown hit and it all became easier because I was homeschooling my daughter I still had the job in the city that I was working from home with which was um five days a week um and very demanding and then I was going out on my run so the consistency happened very quickly because instead of commuting to work or commuting to school to drop my daughter off at the time she was too young to travel on her own and then get into the city all of that sort of disappeared and I could replace that time with running I also knew for my own sanity that <laughs> going through lockdown in a very small one-bedroom flat um, with my daughter um, I needed to get out to get fresh air in the morning or move before sitting at a desk um, and sort of combining homeschooling and all the rest of it. So it was just perfect timing and COVID just seemed to just be that release for me, that time where I could really breathe, took off the pressure of having to show up for society. Um, I like time on my own, but I have a lot of issues around doubting myself and my my inner belief. And I think COVID allowed me to just slow down because you because during COVID, we didn't need to answer to anyone. We had to just get on with it. Um, um, and I and I found joy in that whole kind of not needing to call people. And it's you'll laugh, but everyone's used to Zoom calls and video calls and everything. And I didn't I didn't sign up to that at all. I just carried on. Um, I felt very free in um, so so Zoom calling is very new in the last few months for me. <laughs> ironically um so going back to the running the consistency happened quite quickly with couch 10k um and I'd already booked a half marathon about uh, the end of the year before I was inspired to run Royal Park so I was inspired by a charity I went to an event on behalf of my boss and um, it was a charity that doing incredible work in Africa for women with HIV and um back when I the incident or the episode happened to me in my early 20s I had to go through that whole sort of journey of testing and finding out if I was um you know I was given HIV by my um attacker and 
and that brought back a hell of a lot of uh, uh, or just brought back a lot of the reality for me back then and a charity supporting women who with HIV to have a better life was a really really poignant way to start my running journey because I straight away had my why um I did share my story but it was on a just giving page it was sort of you know a few clicks away from people to read it so it was definitely not out there but a, a lot of people really supported me and I was um blown away by the amount of people in the community that supported me who I never met who were just I don't know and I, I never felt shy about connecting with people and um I, I, I do believe that you know we, we're all meant to be equal and we're all meant to be able to connect so you know I mean there was a time when I couldn't imagine we would be doing this Mark because I just thought wow Mark why wow my gosh but we're here today we're mates we're pals you know it's I think no one is unreachable um so the journey for running um happened with a couch 10k but when I ran my 10k um was the same day they'd cancelled the half marathon I was due to run later that year um, and I basically stopped running for a couple of months and went back to zero. Uh, I just, this heartbreaking. You have that focus and then suddenly it was cancelled and it was postponed to the following year. Um, and I went away that summer to my folks who live in France and my daughter, still working from home and everything. Um, so the first year was sort of very slow, but it was, I got it done. I got the 10K done. I started again and then something really changed in my running. Um, there was a Runner's World episode, um, uh, a magazine, um, I think it was an August or September edition, came out with Sabrina Pace Humphreys on the front cover and they talked a lot about diversity in running and people who were showing up and it just spoke to me. It really spoke to me and all the Instagram handles were on there so I followed everyone and from that, really grew the people that I was connecting with um Sabrina being one Manny being one um Dora and these are all people I connect with in, or have contacted and have really inspired me in those early days when I knew nobody um I was I was, <laughs> I was also new to Instagram and so I was just really naively just going away in my business I started strength training and then that following year in the April I ran my first half marathon um and I think it just carried on from there. It was I've always run on my own because COVID was you had to do it on your own. Um, I hadn't been on the start line. I have a innate feeling that I'm always going to fail, and and that I've there's a it's about changing the narratives that you've been taught throughout your life, whether that's siblings picking on you or your parents judging you or just the niggle comments, you know, rather than just celebrating whatever it is you're doing it doesn't matter if it's not a huge first place um so I've I found it really hard to find go to start lines and um maybe it was great to have it virtually run my first half marathon virtually because there was no pressure I chose my route turned up um but a lot of people were supporting me and from there I didn't want the running to stop so I committed to myself to increase my mileage by 10 kilometers a month overall and run one half marathon self-supported a month I just committed to myself because I just thought then then you're just ebbing away you're increasing your mileage you're keeping keeping consistent um and that was great and then I mean 
I can carry on, but I've run marathons now. And so I've, in, in two years, I've, I, I built up to a hundred kilometers. Mm, incredible. <laughs> and like, like you said, um, you know, there's so many things that are incredible about that, not necessarily the distance you ran, which are obviously, no. you know, hu- huge and just, you know, we are very capable, um, absolutely. And, <clears throat> you know, you mentioned it all started somewhere. It all started from that first kind of focus on, on that couch to 10K. And then, you know, as, as with most things in life, if you show a level of commitment and consistency, yeah. then it can literally just keep on going and the milestones shift and you know the goals shift a little bit but there's a, there's a few things that stood out there uh you know one bigger than the, than the rest but but one of the things I want to start with is is when that that um uh that event got taken away from you in the book commas that when you were working towards and then it was just kind of mm-hmm. put you on a bit of a downer what you didn't use that word but obviously you know you said you took a couple of months off and you were kind of so focused on it and then it didn't happen and the the lessons within that you know and mm-hmm. kind of bringing that balance towards you know it's human behavior more often than not we do need uh, potentially you know uh, inspiration to have a goal to to reach or you know just have that kind of structure or routine to work towards something as mm. opposed to just going out in life willy-nilly and just you know completely free and you know it sounds romantic but you know I, I think as human beings we do need a level of something to kind of work towards but then yeah contradictory to that is is just knowing that people let us down things let us down and then what yeah. do we do in that moment you know and uh and then how can we just kind of strike a balance to kind of yeah have something in mind but how do we adapt when maybe things don't go to plan and and it sounds like you had a big learning within that period of time which you know there's so many teachings we've been running isn't there like you mentioned that that resilience and that kind Mm -hmm. of just that manageability around adding a little bit on each time it hasn't got to be nothing dramatic but it all adds up to kind of be really positive you know and yeah so that you know running's taught me so much over the years with you know what I'm capable of and that kind of inner dialogue you know that you know the chat in between the years and you've mentioned you know a few times around how that has been a challenge you know since you've been on planet earth you know just that (laughs) kind of self-doubt and 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 how we talk to ourselves so what is uh, is running by the sounds of it's played a, a massive part in that shift with you not just the community and how people are uplifting you uh, on your journey last few years in particular but as a whole and, and the work you're choosing to do now you know that's a critical part of, of anything yeah. isn't it how, how we treat ourselves and feel yeah. about ourselves I think um also which I haven't mentioned is before I found the running community and um, I think this must be the same for a lot of people is that you know you you connect with the people you've known for so many years they might not be runners um so when I signed up to the Couch to 10K, it was because a few of my female friends, um, not necessarily ones I was really in touch with, but some people I could relate to had had children around the same time as me. Um, and they'd done the Couch to 10K and they were maybe not still running, but they'd achieved it or they were going to park run and things. And um, and so they inspired me to start. But there were so many people that said, oh no, you'll probably get to 10K. You might run one 10K, but, you know, maybe not more after that. And someone said, you know, my boss at the time said, oh, half marathons are just so bad for the body. They're going to just ruin your knees. Another guy said, oh, well, if you can get to a marathon, brilliant, because it's it's a bucket list thing, but oh my gosh, don't carry on. And, you know, and but it was kind of like, it was, it was for me, <laughs> it it was a little bit relentless and even when I'd done even when I'd run my 
ultras, Mark, you'd be surprised by how many people had passed comment that, oh, well, if you can do it, Alice, I definitely can. And it's like, what? Everyone's different. And it's not a competition. And I would like to say that I ran to 100K, not because I wanted to do zero to 100K in a couple of years. It's because I found my piece in long distance running. Park runs are hard for me. 10Ks are hard. But I find my element at 30K, at 40K, not because I'm running at the pace of a 5K, but because I can relax and really enjoy it. And there's a piece in that. And um, not everyone can run 100K. So I had to shut out that noise of people um, comparing themselves to me and and, and because that's what I do to myself. And um, the running has really taught me to to put aside other people's opinions. Um, you know, it, it's hard. The people that are your friends, a lot of them have dropped off now because they're not on this, they don't have the same values um, or they don't want to know because I've gone so far with my running that it's just, they can't get their head around it. Um, but then there's people much closer who really have a something to say about it, you know, um, uh, and it's hard. And you have to remember that everyone's on their own journey and, you can't you can't judge them as much as you they can't judge you you just got to carry on it's just hard with the negativity sometimes um um and i know that first year when people couldn't stop saying to me and a lot of that was about how i'm built i'm a larger woman i've got big hips i've got a generous backside i'm very proud of but people look at me and don't think i can do what i'm doing i had to even show my medal in I remember after I ran 100k and I was in a this is going off on a tangent but I was in Joe and the juice I was buying a juice for myself and I needed some protein in it it was like a day or two after and I don't tend to get these juices I thought you know what I'm going to get one of them and they ran out of protein and I said oh that's exactly what that's what I need in the juice more than anything because I've just run 100k and the guy behind the counter said to me what 100k and I said yeah and he leant over and looked me up and down and I said what you and I said yeah do you want to see my medal it's in my bag I'll get my medal out I, I can show you my Strava as well to prove that it's me not someone else's medal oh jeez he realized what he'd done and he 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 gave me the juice for free but in the end but it's 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 it, people who can't push themselves to achieve something like that are the ones that that have an opinion and it's um it's really sad it, it brushes over me now because I'm really proud of what I can do um but it's a journey of learning how to shut that noise out and laugh at it more than anything or try to yeah I suppose you know some of the things that I've learned over the years not just in running but just in general things that I've experienced and <clears throat> things that I've been through and it's uh I heard years ago just in uh my my I'm in recovery and, you know, a few years sober, mm -hmm. as you know. And, and they said at the start, it's kind of attraction rather than promotion, you know, and it's about kind of doing it, doing it for you ultimately. And if people relate to that or if people feel inspired by that or if people don't, you know, you're always going to have people's opinions on, on this, that and the other. But And, and that's always kind of stayed with me. And I, I kind of take that into, into running and, and other positive habits over my life now it's not about what other people do you know people can fall off people can and I, you know I'm, I'm guilty of it of course but you know not with running because it has been really consistent for me for a nice chunk of time now 10 11 years but you know people commit to something and then they fall off 
or mm-hmm. you know they say oh, I can't you know whatever the, the whatever the scenario is and and yeah what's really important to me with, with the running in particular is yeah and, and I think you just heavily mentioned it uh, in, in lots of ways it's it's for me you know it's, mm-hmm. it's time with myself and you know the gratitude kind of come into my running relation my relationship with running and gratitude was kind of connected from from early days you know you, mm-hmm. the marathons and the PBs etc it was never really reason why I engage with it maybe one day my curiosity will be as you know in a place where it's like okay uh you know how fast can I go and all that kind of stuff you know but mm-hmm. so far it's not doesn't really interest me um but yeah you know that I remember a guy and this is kind of in a roundabout way how I'm grateful come about because a guy that's a captain for one of the the your town runners towns that, that exist uh he he was an ultra runner and and I was just like, no, I haven't even done a marathon. I still haven't started to finish. And he was he was describing ultra running. And he said, it's time on your feet. Mm. And and it's very different because, you know, uh, I know this is just kind of how I take it at times, but still the marathon chat is still very much like the first question they ask is, oh, what time are you going for? Yeah. You know, and it's very different. But So when he started to kind of position ultra running, this time on your feet, time in the outdoors, there was just very similar to the conversation I had early doors with running when I was still trying to be sold the fact that running was, you know, something that could be, you know, amazing for me. Because uh, uh, a good friend of mine that got me into running said one day it felt like walking. So very similar. I had this perception of it, and then all of a sudden someone shared about it in a slightly different way, which resonated with me and kind of inspired me to look into it more. Um, and then the ultra, um, I, I committed to my first ultra run, and then COVID happened, and then we embarked on a different type of challenge which was the 24-hour thing and run grateful was born so and the rest is history uh but but something else i just want to um obviously mention you kind of threw it out there a little bit in conversation <laughs> but it was a it's it's obviously mm-hmm. a huge a huge thing that you went through and has determined a, a lot of what, what's happened since um but yeah you, you mentioned about uh being being attacked and mm-hmm. uh in particular yeah. so you know if uh if you feel it uh, okay, uh, if you want to, if you want to go there and sprinkle a little bit of awareness around what what happened and um, and what's happened as a consequence, then I'm more yeah. happy to go there with you. So I was um I was 16 when we moved to France um, through my dad's work. Um, that's a whole another conversation and a whole another podcast. Um, we moved to <laughs> moved to France and had a, the rest of my teens were spent in France studying and stuff. And then I came, I kind of connected with, that was in south southeast of France. And then I had connected with people in Paris and um, towards the end of that time in my early 20s. So uh, 2021, I had decided to go live in Paris and having finished my studies, a bit naive. I'm not an academic. I haven't gone to university, haven't got all the the degrees that people shout about or certainly did back then. And um, I was going out to work. I'm, I'm a... I'm a I'm, a, I'm someone who can work. I can earn my money that way, but I'm not an academic. So my after my studies uh, trained as a chef, um, I went back to the UK very briefly for a few weeks to see family, friends, celebrate my 21st, um, and then went back to Paris. And um, sadly, um, and it was all planned out with some friends that I was staying with. So I was staying with some friends for a few weeks before we were going to get our own accommodation and au pair job and that sort of you know being bilingual and stuff it was going to be quite easy and just start young adult life really 
Um, life was carefree. It was exciting. Um, it was a really exciting, unknown time in my life. But two days after I was there at a the friend, um, just people who know each other, um, party, um, I was raped um, by uh, one of the men that was hosting, or I don't know if it was his apartment, I that I can't remember. I can remember everything very vividly like it was yesterday. But yeah, I fled from the apartment. Um, everyone was in the other room having a party and um, no one came to my defence. It was horrible. Got through the next 12 hours, I don't know how, and got on a train back to London. Um, it was a brutal, brutal time. Um, and I... I came back to friends in London, friends that I'd grown up. I grew up with some great, great people in mid Wales um, who'd all seemed to have found their way to London, all living together um, in Islington somewhere, I think. Um, and my brother was in university in Newcastle. He'd come down the following weekend, um, but they essentially took me in. I'm very close in age to my brother. So his friends and my friends sort of cross over. Certainly did a lot then. Um it was an awful time, an awful few years of just trying to navigate life, a new kind of life. Um, I tried to take my own life at one point. Um, uh, and then someone took me in and said, you can stay on our couch for a while. And then she kicked, not she didn't kick me out, but she said, you're going to have to get a job and get your way. And that was probably the best thing someone could have done with me because I was spiraling badly at that time. Um, and uh giving having that shove up the arse, kick up the ass to get out meant that I had to find a job and I started renting um and um it life continued um and I met a friend Simon who was um gay and Simon um still a friend now he doesn't live in London but he's still a friend now you know he was the friend that came with me when I had to do my HIV test um but he became a really good friend um, and he being gay, you know, I was young, I was 21, I was um, li loving life. Um, so slowly he took me out to the nightclubs um, and I had a great time. And being in a being in a gay nightclub for a woman who's just been attacked was um, was a saviour for me because I could be me, could be free, but I knew they never wanted me. Um so it was a very, uh, I wouldn't say joyful, but it, I'm really grateful for that, that, that it's a bit like a guardian angel that came. And I, I obviously knew about um, uh, the gay world, if you like, um, but I hadn't experienced it. It was very oppressed in France. It wasn't spoken about. Um, so it was exciting to discover that and be part of that um, and have them, I felt, I felt very looked after as like an extended family um and then so and, and then you know and also finding friends meeting people being a young adult but it was this cloud I was carrying around with me and I'd say that you know you you, you things can happen in life that are thrown at you and you're a survivor or you're not a survivor I was very very nearly not a survivor in that time but got through somehow and you know a few years later Three, four years later, I was attacked at knife point. And that was really hard because that was 
you know, on my doorstep at the time. And, and I thought, right, I'm going to try and do something about this. And, you know, I was trying to identify people at lineups and, oh, I just carried on and it all came back. And that was hard. Um, and things started getting better at my end of my 20s when I changed jobs. Um, I'd been working a lot in France, London, France, London. I found it always hard to settle and really find home. Um, so, yeah, things were just hard. Um, and I think running, uh, I've struggled a lot to discover who I am or embrace who I am. Um, there's a lot of blame and even, you know, my some of my own family members at that time had said, oh, maybe it was your fault or, you know, bad words were said and um, uh, and that was hard. And I think in the last few years, I've learned to not hold on to that anymore and and find that peace. So I've always said to you running through gratitude, it's more than waking up and being grateful it's about for me it's about just being grateful that I was able to get through that time but also now I didn't plan to tell my story it was never the plan I just booked Paris Marathon um last year because it's easy to book and you're not on the ballot and (laughs) and then it was like because I have been back to Paris um uh not it took me 10 years um and it's hard when your parents live south of Paris but um, I would always avoid it. Um, but then I met other people that lived in Paris and I slowly kind of went back and, you know, traumatic and hard and everything. You know, I know exactly where it is and the sort of the streets and stuff where it all happened. And But but slowly started having sort of peace. But the running just discovered that there was so much more to address. Um, so running Paris was... Um, started telling my story started sharing my why and again it goes back to having a why um and um being alone on those streets in paris on my first marathon was really hard um and again people asked or my brother asked me what time did you do oh my gosh um i didn't have any anticipation of time the fact that my legs didn't buckle under me was um i was surprised by the tears rolled down from the start line it was an experience I'll never forget, an experience I'm extremely grateful for. Um, and just before that, um, before the Paris Marathon, that's when I came up with my tagline, if you want to call it, one woman running for all women everywhere. Because in the six months building up to it, the amount of women that reached out to me privately with support, shared experiences, thanking me for using my voice because they felt they were using their voice as a result or because they couldn't use their voice but via me felt heard or seen so I realized that I'm using what happened to me as my superpower and um, it was never the plan but it's felt very natural and it's felt very it's felt very uplifting um, to find something so positive not positive but um inspiring and motivating and and driven and empowering from something that was so dark that could have taken my life so I'm really I mean and I think for me I just had to carry on after Paris for something much bigger like you it's funny my first I think training for my first half marathon one incredible run in London I'd only recently signed up to Strava I didn't really know I'm not mad on tech at that time anyway and uh, 
I didn't even really look at my PBs and someone had commented said Alice you've got a PB on every milestone and I'm like oh really and I, to this day I haven't beaten that which is really funny because trail running is about stop starting it's about being out there time on feet it's about taking it in um so PBs and chasing it and pounding the streets is definitely not something I mean London Marathon last year I stopped and hugged everyone I knew yeah. to their surprise <laughs> <clears throat> loved it and um yeah like you mentioned with the, the experiment they're two completely different things really although they're both involved you know running at some point <clears throat> but yeah you know just the 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 ultra world it is it is tight not just time on your feet but it's time by yourself largely as well mm-hmm. you know because you know for marathons in particular depending on what one you're doing I know some are busier than others but yeah, there's like you know a crowd. There's there's energy. There's cheerleaders. You know, and and, and you're running with people more often than there's not, music. even if you don't know them. There's music. Yeah, you know, like I said, depending on the one you do. But you know, the, 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 I think we all know. You know, the, the most of them are very similar in that sense. And then yeah, and there's the complete opposite. It doesn't mean it's just a different type of energy, isn't it? It's a different type yeah. of experience. And and just having the you know, I would get, I'm just kind of thinking out loud more than anything now, but I'd imagine some of what it might be off-putting, uh, for want of a better word, around the ultra experience isn't necessarily the distance, but it's spending that amount of time on your own. With yourself. You know, with yourself <laughs> and with what comes with that, you know, and I think I think we've both shared, you know, depending on what's going on or kind of what's happened, yeah, it can be really uncomfortable, can't it? Just that mm. level of conversation with yourself and reflection and what's going on and trying to unpack certain situations yeah. and trusting your own voices and, about, you know, it's, it's, it's huge, eh? Yeah, it's, and I think, hours. yeah, it, it is huge. And especially for someone like me who's not a fast ultra runner. Um, <laughs> and it's also, you're also out in the sticks it's not like a marathon where if it all goes wrong you just you know just you know navigate through the crowd and just say you know it's not my day although that's unlikely you know once you're out there you're out there but um you are in the middle of nowhere a lot of the time um going through forests and up hills and stuff um I have a there's something really beautiful about going on a journey I don't think I could do an ultra where it was like 10 laps of a lake or something I think I'd find that really hard I'm not a track fan anyway um (laughs) And but it is about being in your head and I was talking to some women the other day on a, a zoom call about an ultra and I said you know do train on your own because even if your goal is to go out as a pair or as a group being out there for that amount of time you you, you have to run your own race and anything can happen so be prepared to be on your own um but it was funny my recent ultra the 70k country to capital um something really beautiful about running from the country into the city there was you know I got the bus in the morning and you know I I didn't need to think about my journey home because I was running home effectively um but I passed I mean strangely I, I tend I seem to now get faster as the ultra goes on um, or, or other people seem to slow down more. But I passed a lot of people, um, and interestingly, men who were really in their heads and they really couldn't handle that I was a woman passing them. They had words of themselves. They didn't like the fact that I was running um, or didn't like the fact that they felt they were failing. There was one man that said, I just can't get faster. I can't get faster. And I said, 
you're not enjoying it enjoy it and then you might get faster and it's not about speed it's about finishing um so it is about mindset really about mindset and being about peaceful mindset I've gone to some dark places on my ultras but it always comes back to enjoying spending time with myself that you don't often get time to do no and there's some life lessons as well that we learn maybe whilst in a run and what that can kind of represent outside of the run and uh it's it's funny because I don't think I've ever done this on the run grateful podcast before but a couple of kind of a recover, bit of recovery talk comes in i've already mentioned that attraction rather than promotion but it's always as well like um uh you know heard quite a lot and it still goes on today you know within, within like meetings and uh anonymous meetings around like that's an hour and a half of your day you know like the meetings you know couple, you know a couple of hours maybe with you know uh turning up and, and leaving but let's just say an hour and a half of the meeting and it's what you do outside of that meeting that, that kind of counts you know in the vertical mm-hmm. commas and uh and it's very similar to like the run it's just like okay like you're out for a half hour you know on average here obviously an ultra every now and again is a good three hours but you know say your training runs half hour a couple of hours or whatever yeah. um but then it's then how you take maybe you know the feeling that you get or or the learnings that you get within that into everyday life and how you mm-hmm. can kind of create that mindset around that yeah okay how am i going to approach something how can i kind of not give up when's a good time to stop when do i listen to my body you just get to know yourself don't you in different ways because different questions are being asked whilst you're out there um, moving and obviously the science that backs up kind of what happens to your body and yeah. the endorphins when you're out so you know it, it's all kind of all entwined but without going off in a, in a different direction because there's, there's some really important things I just want to yeah, throw into the conversation before um, we come to an end which isn't uh, soon by the way just uh, there's no <laughs> there's no there's no pressure here but you know you've mentioned about the traumatic ex- I say experience experiences you've had um I was unaware of the the knife point one as well. That must have slipped the net. But um, yeah, you know, some 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 massive things happening to you, um, which yeah could could break you. And for a period of time, you know, you went through your process when yes, it kind of um, you know did uh, heavily impact um, how you viewed the world and yourself. And it's very disheartening, isn't it? It's, you know, uh, a lot of what we see and um maybe not some of us experience firsthand but you know when we see things that go on and happening to other people and we just kind of think what's all this about you know how can how can how can we uh be in an environment where this stuff happens and goes on and, and it's sometimes allowed you know and uh and for whatever reason so yeah just to home in on that really and uh, and i had a chat with somebody yesterday on, the, on an episode um around you know, taking the negative into the positive. And, mm. you know, that is a process. That is a lot of grieving and talking and crying and being angry and allowing everything to kind of feed through and not denying what comes up and how we can be triggered, etc. But to put yourself in, in them environments again, like the, the Paris run, um, is, is so courageous, isn't it? Because there's a healing in there for you. So yeah. then you can best serve others you know so was it always in you like prior to not just you know these uh, uh terrible things happening to be like a giving person and being selfless and you know trying to is that in your nature beforehand or this really spark <laughs> did this really spark saying in you to think no like this is this is a new version of Alice as we move forwards um I don't see myself as that I, I really struggle with being I've always <laughs> 
I don't see myself as someone who's selfless and um, giving. I mean, I, I'm a kind person. I'll go out of my way to help others. It's been thrown back in my face a lot um, in relationships, sadly. Uh, uh, and I, I think I've learned that it, it, to be yourself. Um, um, but I do like the whole process of Paris and running Paris and that journey and that sharing of that story. I never planned that. Um, and like the knife attack, I haven't, t- I don't think I've shared that. Maybe I've shared it once uh, in another podcast, um, but that's not something I've written about. So it's not something you've missed. Um, and it's not about trying to say, Oh, and this happened and this happened. It happens all the time. And, you know, someone said to me, it's really tough what you've been through. And I said, well, it's not as tough as a lot of people. And, and maybe I don't give it enough, uh, not recognition, but re- accept enough because I, you know, I'm a very emotional person. I'm very sensitive. Um, and if I've helped someone or inspired someone through the process of telling my story, I'm very, very proud of that. And that for me is, you know, it took a lot of courage to tell my story and run Paris but I only realized it was until people were telling me and, 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 and being inspired by this story. I, I don't like putting myself on a pedestal and I, in fact, I hate it. Um, <laughs> so this whole journey has been really, uh, it's, I, it's been really learning for me because I, I don't like being in the limelight or I don't like, I, I show up, I show up for other people, but I also show up for myself um, you know, when I had my daughter, it wasn't a plan to have her. Um, she knows that. Um, it wasn't a plan. It was an accident. But she's been a gift. Um, being a mother has been a gift. It's kept me alive. It's kept me on the straight and narrow because um, I'm responsible for her. Um, she's also the one person that loves me unconditionally. She champions me unconditionally. Um, so I think uh having the courage is is a lot to do with i don't know being my being a mother and 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 wanting to be something important to leave a legacy for her um you know women get a hard rap and uh and i think if 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 sharing my story has helped you know one woman wrote to me and said the same thing had happened to her in Paris and she's really grateful that they've connected. And then she might not talk about that story again, but it, it was that connection. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, um, I think I found myself. I think I've probably always been the way I am, but I found myself because I've shut out the noise that has held me back. Um, the, the relationships in my life and the friendships in my life that haven't served me well. Um, and I've had to shut out my family a lot in the last few years. Um, and now they're realizing that actually letting me be free and be me is a beautiful thing rather than, you know, and we're all growing up. We're all growing older. We're all growing wiser. Those sibling relationships change over time. And even, you know, I have a tricky relationship with my mother and, you know, and, uh, I think we grow older and wiser and them allowing me to be myself has been helpful for me, I think. But they don't know I've 
um, they don't know that I'm writing about this online. They don't know that I'm sharing it. They, I don't know if I've got a website with my blogs. And so I haven't had support from my family. They're not interested in my runs. They haven't seen my medals. You know, I showed them Paris medals and it was, it was put away within 10 seconds, I think. And so I, they dim my light. So the running community and the tribe I found have allowed me to shine my light and, and that's a nice feeling, um, you know, and I'm not yeah, trying to, I'm, and I'm not here to sort of uh, criticize my family, but I think family and those relationships are really defining in your life and they shouldn't be, they, you know, you sh- it's okay to not go to every family event. I'm very much the different one in my family and they're very, very close and I'm, you know, quite different. I'm much more about the one-to-one relationships than big family events. Yeah, no, and listen, I, I don't, I don't hear criticism at all from you know what, <laughs> what you just shared there around the family in particular. You know, I hear uh, acceptance. You know, just around the the part that they play in your life and 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 how you show up for them is different to how you mm-hmm. show up for others, and that's fine. It's that kind of village mentality, isn't it? It's just like yeah. you know, without sounding too harsh. Uh, again, this can be taken the wrong way potentially. I don't know, but it comes to mind. You know, like they serve a purpose. <laughs> You know, and then and then you, they let you leave the village and to kind of live and learn and find you know not your your mm-hmm. own tribe, but well, yeah, kind of, but just find your find your uh, find your own way in life. You know, mm-hmm. and and there's a love there's a love there as well. You know, times change generationally. Yeah, what happens and how we relate to the world and you know how you know the information that we get and the opportunities that we kind of can stumble across to create more self-awareness in ourselves about yeah. who we are who we're not what we like what we don't like and and we can't please everybody and we can't be everything to everybody and and the family included and you know and sometimes there is kind of you know barriers there because if you kind of keep knocking you know, on certain doors and, and no one's answering in the end there does need to be that process of just admitting that okay maybe that door will never open maybe yeah. maybe not but stop trying so hard yeah, um, and then you grieve, you, you grieve that and you, and you accept that that's the way it is for whatever reason it's no one's yeah. fault um, yeah. and then as you kind of uh, heavily alluded to it, you'll find your way and, and then there's a there's a, and there's, a there's a coming, there's together. A coming together there you know yeah, and, and, absolutely and, but you need maturity um, to yeah kind of you know maybe acknowledge that and 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 go through that and not get so resentful and caught up in in, because that's just really and that leads me that i'll say nicely yeah these are big conversations and delicate and complex (laughs) ones but that needs to be um because i know it's it's a conversation you're i say heavily involved in you're you're, you know you are heavily involved you show up as as i've shared um about how we all coexist you know, and uh, you know, the, I'll say the noise of the world that that's that's putting it lightly because it's it's a real noise. So it's not just something you can shut off because I mean, some people do because it is so complex and so frightening and so you know, not wanting to say the wrong thing, the right thing, and all this kind of stuff. But uh, you know, a lot of work that you know that you do just through running um, about yeah, how we all coexist and how we can mm. all feel safer and how we can all feel. You, you said something really. Uh, using a, a David Bowen analogy, um, where he comes to mind when I say this word, but you said something really magical uh, at the very start about we are all equal, and it absolutely and very similar to yourself. I think you shared it like this. Absolutely, but baffle uh, baffles the life out of me how we how we don't all feel equal. 
It ba- yeah. baffles, it baffles yeah. me. I understand yeah. it. I try to understand it best way I can. But for for people to feel like they're better or worse or di- yeah, absolutely. Listen, we've got our uniquenesses, so I'm not trying to say yeah. like we're all equal and we're all the same. You know, I just I'm not, I'm not. I say daft, but you know, what I'm trying to get at. But that yeah. equalness is, I think, yeah, just baffles me, love. I think I think as well. Um, uh, it's about inspiration. Um, you know, you could talk about Dora. Um, I don't know if you know Dora, but um, yeah, incredible Dora's lovely, woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Marcus. Those are two um, people that have really inspired me on my journey. And I remember just responding to posts they've put on, replying to, you know, sending them a DMs and everything. And I um, I know that I was <laughs> commented at the time, said, oh, my God, you, you've messaged Dora. And I'm like, yeah, I don't expect a reply. I don't even respect to, you know. But over time, I feel like people take time to share stories or share stuff. And if we're just all viewing, we're all viewers of everything, we're not engaging, it's a real shame. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't engage with people expecting a reply or respecting an engagement back, but engage with what people are doing if it's interesting to you. Um, uh, there's a woman that um, turned up to my run, my last run, I was running for justice in January with Angela and um like my last run on uh, the 31st on Tuesday, she turned up, but um, I completely misplaced who it was and I wasn't following on Instagram. There was no profile picture. I couldn't quite connect with who it was and no one else came. Um, I ran alone. It's actually a brilliant run and I needed it. Um, but I re- it was a reminder that people are watching but not engaging. And that's okay. You can't engage with everyone. But Dora's now a friend. And Marcus is a friend and both when you look, because I don't know how many followers they've got and they're incredible individuals and we're just individuals. And, you know, like David Bone, ultra running, saying to me when he was running the um, spine race, how inspired he is by my story. Um, I'm sure he's inspired by lots of people, but the the time it took for him to say that he's inspired by me is just touches my heart and it makes me more inspired than ever so we can give so much to people and take back from others and and have that equal sharing um and I think that's why my work with women and like one woman running for all women everywhere it's an interesting it it just came to me I didn't ask anyone's point of view I got it printed on my t-shirt before I showed it to my partner and um I was really proud of it because I felt like I was running for everywhere, for every every woman everywhere, and I wasn't alone. Um, and it's spoken to a lot of people because it can mean anything. There's a lot of women in my most recent relationship before the one now. Uh, I was also abused and, and raped and um, not relentlessly. relentlessly. I, at the time, I didn't even realise it or admitted it. And still now I'm struggling with it, but it was an awful relationship, a really, really awful relationship that really nearly destroyed me completely. And I think raising awareness that things happen in all contexts and not just, oh, that rapes that or attack at knife point is that. It's, it's, it's so much more and it can happen behind closed doors in your own home. You know, it can, it's... And I think raising awareness for that, for people to or women to um, to be able to feel heard or feel seen, um, 
because there is no one narrative um and that's why I'm, my work's continuing i mean i'm arranging or working towards an event on international women's day which is going to be amazing and exciting mm. and uh and i'm excited that that little message i had for me to feel less alone on the start line of paris which is what it was i mean the, the spectators were all french there's very few people that even understood what was on my t-shirt but i felt less alone i felt yeah so and now that message has carried on and yeah that's amazing and you know there's obviously so much gratitude that has been been shared you know kind of directly or kind of you know steadily in the background with, with everything that you've uh, kind of spoken about largely and you know and even even then just you know with a smile on your face just you know just knowing that yeah these things need to exist you know because if if other things didn't exist then you wouldn't have done what you've done so it's kind of there's always this kind of ecosystem isn't it of mm-hmm. You know, we are we're own. You know, I can speak for myself, but I only get inspired or, or relate when people put themselves out there. You know, yeah. and so sometimes if you know I overthink things or there's certain things that I feel like I want to say, and my mind's just like, oh no, I need to hear that. Someone somewhere somehow would benefit from hearing it for whatever reason. You know, and mm-hmm. um, so just let that be be the driver. You know, because uh, I've. I've, I've come across saying it was on a podcast actually a few couple of months ago uh, what did it say exactly it's along the lines of you know self-repression leads to depression uh, self yeah something mm-hmm. like that and and it's uh, you know the, you know just to being able to express yourself and to kind of not overthink things and just allow it to be and you know through fear of judgment and what people you know all that kind of muddy nature of, of being a human but yeah just just express yourself you know don't put yourself down because yeah, then the floodgates open and fear creeps in, you know, and uh, yeah. and, and that's no way absolutely. to live. You know, it's no way to live. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me, uh, last week was a bad week for me. I had a trigger at the beginning of the week, which was unexpected. And then things didn't work out the last week. And and it's still niggling away. And I, and I, was, I was just um, getting ready for the call before we were speaking. And I was thinking, oh, I don't feel like I'm right for this call right now. My energy's off. And then I thought, do you know what this is called is exactly what I need is a conversation with Mark to help get me out of that cloud and get out of that vibe um you can't you can't manage everything that's going to come at you in life um I'm a big believer that the universe has my back I'm a big believer that the universe will do things that I to keep me on the straight and narrow like I'm trying to launch my business I'm trying to get into that vibe and other things keep coming up and I'm thinking that when the universe takes that opportunity away from me, it's because I need to get back on track. I need to earn money. <laughs> I mm. need to manage my business and follow my dream. And there'll be nothing more rewarding for me to be able to use my story and my running and the holistic approach to nutrition and health and actually help others. I mean, that for me is just giving back tenfold. Mm. You're carving it out. You are carving it out. It's all happening, and it's all it's all coming together, <laughs> and uh, and it's lovely to see. And you know, not without its challenges and sacrifice and risk and yeah. uncertainty and vulnerability and fear. But then also, you know, the hope you know that, that yeah. you have and, and the kind of the passion that you've got, and and you know, it all feeds into just giving it, giving ourselves the best opportunity to give life 
his mm. best shot, you know, and yeah. uh, and it's you know it's it's amazing and uh, it's great to hear and, and witness and be a part of in some way. And you know we're we're obviously you know connected in uh, in a way now where we yeah we can try and uplift each other and you know introduce yeah. people and you know just that yeah. kind of just that kind of thing. We we rise by lifting others. That's that's the rumor. Um, but kind of drawing it to a close a little bit, but still not quite there uh, over the finishing line yet. Excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> there's just uh, a couple of things I always like to kind of largely end these these episodes on. A little bit light-hearted, but but still uh, nothing too heavy. And there's no wrong or right answers. Uh, you might have heard this before because uh, I know you listened to a few of our episodes. But whilst out on a grateful mile, Alice, yeah. you come across uh, you come across a genie lamp. The famous genie <laughs> lamp, and uh, as with most genie lamps, unless you come across a crooked one, you get three wishes. Um, what comes to mind with with being the three things that you would wish for if you were to come across? Mm, gosh, this sounds like cliche, um, and I and I wasn't expecting this question. Um, sounds a bit cliche, but a wish that if I was on a run, on a grateful run, so I'm obviously in a good place, I'm in a happy place, I'm running grateful. Um, my wish would my first wish would be that other people experience this that everyone gets experience this feeling mm, um, that that would be my first wish I suppose my other and second one would be uh, selfishly that I can carry on running grateful for as many um, days I'm alive um, um, and pass that on to my daughter um, and the third one um it's hard. Um, it's it's keeping the the grateful movement. You know, the wish that the grateful movement runs continues to run. That um, you know, um, it's made such a difference to me, and that ripple effect has to continue. Um, I went to uh, an event last week, or Equity, um, what was it called? Um, Empathy Week. And it was the premiere of some films, and I can send yeah, you a link about people. that. Yeah, oh, incredible! Yeah, I was in tears, and and I was just like, if those movements can, the ripple effect of them can can ta- carry on. You know, I'd really love to come to the next twenty four hour ungrateful event, but I don't want to take up someone else's place to have that experience as well. So yeah, that wish would be that more and more people get to experience this, and the world becomes a better place. Yeah, a bit of a shout out to Ed actually in Empathy Week. He's yeah. uh, he's, he's creating and uh, doing some amazing work. But he actually filmed the first ever 24 hour run. I know. September 2020. I know. Yeah. Because I went, with, I went with Trina. I went with Trina and yeah, I met him at the beginning. And he's like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, lovely. Big, yeah, big smile to my face. And, and um, yeah, to, to finish off, seems rude not to. Although, as I've mentioned more than once, that there's been lots uh, shared throughout this chat. But if there's anyone in particular uh, that you want to share some gratitude for, and um, yeah, either a person or an, an experience that just brings a smile and some joy and you know a happy feeling, um, yeah, is there anyone you want to share some gratitude for in particular? Obviously, there's loads of people, but you know, uh, someone that comes to mind. Uh, there's so many people, so this is really hard. Um, uh, and I don't, I don't really want to highlight anyone in particular. However, um, Hannah Rickman, who came second at the spine race, um, I'd like to send gratitude to her because what she does and how she writes about it and how she shares it 
her story and her journey um, is incredible. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for a lot in my life and a lot of people and you know that. So it's mm. hard. Um, I do know that. But Hannah's, Hannah's journey is beautiful. If you don't know about her, you need to know about her. She's got her blog out on the Camino Ultra website. She came second at the Spine Race last week, the week before. Um, and I'm really grateful because she gives me this she she gives me uh, uh, motivate not motivation. I just feel seen that mm. maybe I could do that one day. Well, maybe I'm you can. For her energy. <laughs> I'm not sure maybe you to. can. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm sure there's been a few things in the past. Oh, maybe I can can't do that, and you've done it. So who knows? We might see you she's, out there. She's a woman. Great. You know, like so many women out there who are doing things and you know she's Hannah just after the start line she wrote back to me having I wrote her and said I'm so inspired by you and that just blows me away and like why is she inspired by me but you have to remember that we're all equal and we can all inspire each other we don't have to have a big story or a big journey Absolutely it's just being not. authentic and being you and um and and anyone can inspire anyone and we need to keep doing it yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And listen, you know, finish on that. I, I know lots of people, you know, young, old, you know, kind of different places around the world, get up to different things in life. And yeah, listen, the, the, there's a there's a common thread running through us all. And uh, you know, we're, we're all kind of just trying to get through certain things at certain stages, and you know, just trying to muddle our way through it. You know, all trying to wing it, as they say, and. Uh, yeah, you know, there's some people I choose not to be around for whatever reason. You know, some people, you know, uh, might feel the same about me. So we can't all live in that great romantic world where everyone loves everybody all the time. No. So, but we can absolutely do a lot better and kind of create yeah. our own little world where, absolutely, yeah, kind of, you know, we all look after each other and just let everyone get on with what they. As long as you don't hurt no one, mate, you can kind of crack on and do what you like. And um, exactly, but. Loved it, always knew, and uh, I can definitely sense in the future another episode coming. And to, listen, just continue doing what you, you don't need me to kind of say it necessarily, but yeah, I, I want to I say it. Well, no, just, just, just keep doing what you're doing and, you know, yeah. and embrace what comes, you know, and uh, just know that, yeah, you obviously got support and, uh, and a lot of love and a lot of cheerleaders out there. And it's uh, one of you know one of my friends. I'm sure you you've come across Charlie Dark. He said to me early days, everyone needs cheerleaders. You know what I mean? Absolutely. People in your everyone everyone someone in your corner all, at all times. So you know you've got a lot of cheerleaders out there, Ellis. And uh, yeah, you. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes. And um, and you know we'll be there every grateful step of the way. So and and also just thanks for just believing in what we're doing and you know continuing to support. And I know. I, I talk to people and people get in touch and you know it's it's, it's quite often that they're like oh Alice is uh <laughs> at this or said you know so I know that you kind of champion us behind the scenes as well when we're not there and so it, it doesn't go unnoticed so we're oh, yeah, I'm very grateful you. for you for that well, appreciate I well I really really appreciate you in much more ways than you really imagine so um yeah I don't know if I would be where I am today without the run grateful journey I really don't because it's given me an outlet and Camino Ultra, I'd say big shout out to them. Um, they're the reason I'm running my hundred miles in June. They believe in me and having people that believe in me, mm. as cliche as that sounds, uh, 
and openly say people that believe in me is I'm getting emotional now huge. but um, yeah no it's huge it's huge Needed. it's huge because I haven't always had it and so it's it blows my mind people are kind really? you deserve it absolutely deserve it and on that note take that don't say nothing <laughs> else let that let that settle in you yeah? you deserve it and because uh, I know that sometimes like la 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 so uh, hopefully your day um, continues and this has played a part in you know whatever happened last week can be a bit of a springboard to you know um, a better day all right appreciate you Alice and uh, thank you very much for your time thank you Mark and uh, don't forget don't just run run grateful, run grateful. there we go okie dokie <laughs> I'll see you soon love Take care, you okay.